Today we're going to speak about capturing microwaves and dishwashers. And before we get to the actual details of how you do that, um, I'm going to talk about um, something that they have in common, a halachic issue that they have in common, um, which is why we're doing them together. Um, and that halachic issue is going to have bearing on how and when they can be cashed. Okay, so and the issue is as follows. Um, one of the prerequisites for Hagawa is that you have to get rid of all of the ban or anything, res- any tray for comments food that's left on there has to be taken off. That's sort of obvious. So, in that by context, the Ramah says um, <coughs> that you can't kosher anything that has small cracks and crevices or other places where food can get trapped. So, even though the Mahabharata had said was you just have to do a really good job cleaning it, um, but the Ramah says the minute is to not do that because we're concerned that maybe the person won't do such a great job. So the minute that anything with these little small cracks and crevices um, that places where food gets stuck cannot be kosher. Okay, so similarly that causes an issue for microwaves and dishwashers, as I'm going to explain each one of them. In the microwave, food spritzes all over the place when, you know, doing regular use. And there's, um, every microwave's got a vent um, so where air can get out, and that vent's covered with, you know, a thousand small little holes. It's like the cover of it has all these little holes in it. And with all the food spritzing, um, invariably food's going to get to that, those places, which means is that you have these small holes where food gets into, and that uh, seems to be, would be the kind of thing that Ramah says you can't kosher, and there's small holes in it that food can get stuck in, you can't be able to kosher. Same kind of idea applies to a dishwasher as well. Um, dish, uh, if you look on the very bottom of the dishwasher, underneath like where the dishes go, on the, way on the bottom, um, it's a place where the water comes from, the water sits there like in a pool, like a reservoir, and underneath there is a trap or a filter <coughs> that lets it that at certain points the water can drain out of the dishwasher, and um, <coughs> the water can drain out of the dishwasher, and the food, or bigger pieces of food, or silverware, stay on top. They don't drain out. It's like, so it's like a filter. So those, of course, have little holes in it, but that's how the water gets out, and food is all over the place over there. So we have the same kind of an issue. If we can't capture something that has small holes in it, because food might get stuck in it, excuse me, then here again, we have something that has these lots of little holes, food can get stuck in it, uh, obviously, and let's get into there. So how can we kosher it if it has this problem? Well, it can be, maybe we can kosher it. So, um, two answers that I know of. One is, Rabowski said, just that the, the Ramah has this minute to not kosher things with the small holes, because we're concerned there's a little bit left, that's only a, a minute in Pesach. Um, because uh, place on Pesach, chametz is also b'mashu. Even the tiniest bit of chametz will make my food also be the oven. So the Ramah says, you know, there might be a tiny little bit of food left in there, and in the middle of Pesach, food's going to come out and going to fall into your food and it'll make your food trafe. During the year, what's the worst that will happen? There'll be a little bit of food left in there. That food would be bottling. If it, even if it comes out into your food, it'll be bottled anyhow. But on Pesach, we'll come to us mushroom, then we're more mocked. <coughs> so he says, and therefore, so therefore you should not be able to, you can't cash the microwave and dishwasher for Pesach, but for year round, it's not a problem. It's not a minute. Just clean it well and that's good enough. You know, so of course, I'll mention, um, that's where all the halachas are, because that's the most common time for people to kosher. Um, and, you you know, so you assume that those halachas apply every place. Like, if you look in your day, it says the halachas of kashering are in, in Hilchas Pesach, except for a few exceptions of, you know, in your day, it says things that are different. Um, you assume things apply, but it's not unreasonable to say, you know, what Nabrowski is saying, that... Um, then maybe this part, this minig, is a special thing for the Pesach. That's what Rebelsky said. Rav Schwartz said that the Ramah 
<coughs> is only talking about a case where the little bit of food that's left might actually get into your food that you're eating, that you're going to eat later, the kosher food you're going to eat afterwards. So, for example, if you have a strainer and you put meat through it, there's a little piece of meat left in there, and now tomorrow you're going to, you, you cautioned it, but it stayed behind, it got stuck there. And you, that little piece of food might fall into your dairy food, and the meal you'll be eating meat mixed into your milk, and that's what you want to avoid, that's what the meaning is to be. He said, but that's only true if the, if the, if the little bit of food that's in here might actually get into the food you're going to eat. He says, but in the dishwasher, even if a little bit of food got left behind, and that food got, even if it got onto your plate that you're going to have, it's not going to still be there when you eat. The, the dishes are going to be clean by the time you eat them. So it's just a matter of bleas. So for that much, the, the minigal ramad doesn't apply. The minigal ramad is only in cases where the, the iser or the hummets or the fleshig or whatever it is that you're trying to kasher from might actually get into the food you're eating. But that's not going to happen over here. Now, that, that's what he says for a dishwasher. He says, you know, seemingly, you can, and you can see the same thing for a microwave also, that in the microwave, the vents, by and large, are on the side, down on the top. So let's say food got stuck into there. Now we cashed it, but the food got left behind and it never got out. So what's going to happen? If, if it comes out during, when you're cooking your kosher food afterwards, what's going to happen? It'll fall out and hit the bottom. It's not going to go sideways and end up in the food you're eating. So just a matter of please. So for please, or, or short of saying this, for please, we don't have to worry about um, this being, uh, this really this, this doesn't apply to please. It only applies when there's a question that at the end, the actual food itself might end up in your food. Okay, so based on all these different points, so the CRC's guidelines are we let people kasher, we tell people it's okay to kasher microwaves for year-round over Pesach, but we do tell them that it's commendable that for Pesach you should cover food that you put into the microwave. Okay, even if even the, a microwave that was kasher. If you kasher the microwave, then it's commendable to kasher, to cover it, but you don't have to. And also for, um, because of the concerns of residue for food, we tell people we can kasher dishwashers for year-round, um, but we tell them not to cash them for this. Okay, so now, now we've got, talked about that introduction, about ha- this, this issue of getting rid of the end from these little holes, and I'll show you what the actual way to cash them, and the first we'll do is the microwave. Um, so, the way the microwave becomes trafe is that when you uh, cook a food up in there, uh, zayag comes out of that food, uh, a certain amount of uh, spritzing, and zayag comes out of the food, and makes the, oven, makes the chamber not kosher or common stick, or whatever it is. Um, so now, if you put other food into there, kosher food into there, the zaya from that food will condense on the ceiling and drip that down and make your food, the new food you're eating, not kosher. So, um, so for that reason, we have to kosher. So the, the typical way we kosher a microwave is kavala We try to mimic the way it was used and, and we do the following. So first, you've got to clean it um, and don't use it for 24 hours. That's pretty standard for every koshering. Um, next is you got to take out the glass tray because uh, Ashkenazim don't kosher glass, so the glass tray has to be taken out. You need a new one for, for you when it comes kosher or for Pesach. Uh, and then you put in a bowl or a, a, lar- a bowl or a large cup of water, and you you boil it there for a very long, um, a, a extra like an extended amount of time, so which causes the whole chamber to get filled up with steam. And then that st- steam uh, is uh, is going to be the kosher. Um that steam that is going to be used is going to be the kashering for the chamber. Now, usually we don't kash it with steam, but here, um, since the time was absorbed with steam, we can kash it with steam. If the blue went in through steam, we can kash it with steam. There's also going to be condensation. That's like a second benefit. But the typical, the, the blue comes in through con- through steam going up, and we can kash it with steam. Now, there are those who say that you should 
in addition to what I just said, when the water is at a boil, you should spill it over, like tip it over and spill it onto the floor, because um, to capture the floor with e-reclusion, from action from a liquid, um, because of spills that spilled onto the floor when you were using it for a tray, for chametz, um, the CRT doesn't require it. And the thinking is that usually when things spill, they would spill onto the glass plate, and we already got rid of the glass plate. Um, so we don't have to be so worried about what spilled onto the floor. But again, there are some people who say that you should do that. You should use uh, spill water over. Okay, now let's move to dishwashers, and I'm going to break it up into two parts. First, I'll talk about um, home dishwashers, and then like commercial dishwashers. So to start with the home dishwasher, just how do they work? How does it go? What, what makes it operate? So if you look at the bottom of your dishwasher, there's a basin. I mentioned it beforehand, like what's sort of like a, a reservoir under, underneath where all the dishes go, and there's a ho- heating coil inside of there. So water that's in that basin gets sprayed through these spray arms, like above and below the dish racks, and that spraying water, the arms move around, and they spray water all over the place, and it gets off the food, and eventually also sterilizes the dishes also. So the, as things, as that water shrinks up and cleans things off the dishes, the water falls right back down to the reservoir, which is in the bottom, and it, so then it circulates. It goes again and again, keeps washing until it gets itself clean, uh, and it gets drained, and it also gets drained out of that reservoir from the bottom. Now, there's, there's basically three parts to the wash cycle in a dishwasher, and each one of them uses fresh water, and the fresh water comes from the hot water tap, um, uh, it comes from the hot water, it's connected, at least in the United States, uh, it's connected to the hot water tap of the, from the house's hot water. Okay, so the first wash, the first part is a pre-rinse, where that water is just spritzed onto the dishes, the, the, the coil does not turn on during that the pre-rinse, uh, and there's no detergent in there either, so it's just plain water, which is at, uh, it's, it's not ambient temperature, but it's also not yet flood display, and that's because even though it's using hot water from the house, um, there's so little water in the cycle that um, it's just not enough to get hot from that, from the flow. I mean, there's, there's, you know, by the time the water comes in all the way from the hot water tank, it's not, at this point, not enough flows out to make it hot. So it's not yet flow this way. The next is a wash cycle. Um, there's wash, there's water <coughs> and detergent, and the coil does go on for this one. Um, usually heats the water to, in the area of 130 degrees, and it just sprays it on again and again on the dishes. Um, there's soapy water to get all the, basically all the grease and the food uh, washed off. And the last part is a sanitizing cycle. Again, between each of these cycles, the water drains out and gets fresh water in. The last is the sanitizing cycle, where uh, water comes in, it gets heated up to 150, 160 degrees, and space on dishes, no detergent, just hot water, um, and that sanitizes um, the dishes. So, there's a children on my shirt where he talks about a possible hetzer to use the same dishwasher for milchids and fleshids, um, on with two conditions. One is you can't wash them together. So, it's now, you know, one, first milchids and then fleshids or the other way around, but not together. And also, they have to have separate dish racks. Um, and then he says a potential reason to use it. In Lamaisa, um, most people do not do that. Uh, and they'll have separate ones for milchids and fleshids. And it's just note, worth noting that even though Moshe talks about a possible hetter for doing this, that hetter is specific to kosher meat or kosher milk. Um, it does not work if the dishwasher had been used for trays, used in avogadro, or if it had been used for chametz, used for pesach. Both of those do not apply. Um, but there's a potential. There are those who, I mean, Moshe says, such a, a possible hetter to use it from the same one for milk and separate as long as you meet these conditions. So a person wants to kosher dishwasher. What should he do? Well, you know, before I get to that, do you want me to just pause for a second? talked about having you know, different ones of milk and some There's such a thing called a double drawer dishwasher. Um, 
And basically, it's two small dishwashers stacked on top of each other. Uh, each one, the two of them together are as big or, or smaller even sometimes than a regular dishwasher that a person has in their home. Um, and the, the, the short version of what the status is is that it's okay to make one of those drawers for milk and one for flavorings and even use them at the same time. Um, but each one has to be designated for a specific use. So this is the milk one, this is the flavorings one, and you could even use them at the same time. Okay, anyhow, so having cash for dishwasher. So the first thing is, if it's made from porcelain, as older ones used to be, then you can't kasher because you don't kasher porcelain. Um, some people hold you can't kasher plastic either, in which case they wouldn't be able to kasher lots of dishwashers. Um, but if it's made of stainless steel, or if you kasher uh, plastic, then it's okay to kasher. You can do hakala. And the way we do it is, once again, with kibbala kachpolta. That means is, you clean it, as we talked about before, clean it really well, don't use it for 24 hours, and then, basically, you're going to try to make a hot, uh, a hot cycle that does the same temperature, the si- that runs like it ran during when it was when it was washing dishes. So you do kabbalah kapot to get the same temperature that you had until then. Well, sounds simple, but it turns out it's a little more complicated than it seems. Uh, and that's because the, the goal here is to make sure that the water during kashering is at, as hot, or not even a little hotter, than it was during cleaning. Okay, and there's two issues with that. The first is. Um, the hottest water is during the sanitizing cycle, okay, of the three parts of the wash cycle. The hottest is the sanitizing cycle. And that choice depends how hot it's going to be. It's going to depend on which uh, sequence you choose. And it's on the front of a dishwasher. It says you could choose regular wash, normal wash. You could have pot washing, a quick wash, all kinds of different choices of how you want to do it. And so you have to make sure that you're, the wash that you're doing for your costuring is the one that has the hottest temperature during the sanitizing because if it became trafe with a with wash A and you and and you uh it, you try to cash it with wash B that's not as hot, you didn't even get it high enough. Okay? So sometimes you you probably could figure that out by poking around in the in the manual or maybe speaking to the company to find out which what's the temperature of the sanitizing cycles and then pick the right one, the one that's the hottest. A second problem is that many modern dishwashers have sensors in them, and the sensor um, t- t- detects how dirty the dishes are, and then decides how to clean it based on how much dirt there is. Um, it makes it's why waste water and energy to clean a dish, clean something that's already clean. So it keeps tr- it, 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 it's figuring out how much dirt there is or how much dirt it was at the beginning of the cycle, and then based on that, it cashes, um, it, it, sorry, it cleans based on that. Okay, that's nice, that's wonderful for your dishwasher when you're using it. The problem is, when you're going to kosher, there's going to be no dishes in there, and there's going to be no food in there. So what's the temperature, what's the sensor going to say? The sensor's going to say, ah, this is an easy batch to do. No problem, though, this is going to be really quick. So, um, the quickness, that doesn't bother us. The problem is, you have to, the, the, that might also lower the temperature. It says, hey, no reason to, to sanitize at such high temperatures when there was nothing dirty here in the first place. Um, so, um, in, in some dishwashers, you can, you can override that. I mean, you could say, turn off the sensors. Um, or else, maybe there are a specific cycles that you can choose again to avoid this. But assuming you get past these two problems, then you can cash it by running it through a hot cycle. Okay, that's for a home dishwasher. Now let's move to a commercial dishwasher. And that is um, in a restaurant or a nursing home or, you know, other places like that. Uh, yeshiva, even a yeshiva kitchen, they don't have dishwashers like in a regular home. They have a different, a little bit different. Um, in these dishwashers, water, stru- very strong blasts of water shoot at the dishes. 
in, in a minute or two, the whole batch of dishes is clean. Um, and, but, sort of a quirk that's relevant to us, is that the water is not drained out. The water is basically filtered, biggest pieces are taken out, and it gets used for the next batch of dishes. That saves water for them, and it means they always have boiling hot water ready to go because they need really hot water to clean dishes, and they don't have time, like in our home dishwasher, for it to slowly heat up. So the water falls right back down, and gets, it's, it's hot, it's boiling hot, it's very hot, however hot it is, uh, and it gets, you know, need a little boost to keep back up, but basically, it stays hot all the time, but the water gets reused again and again. Um, okay, so, um, Okay, so there's two basic kinds of commercial dishwashers, uh, and they are, one is a box, it's called a box dishwasher, and it looks about the same size as a home dishwasher. It'll usually be at, like, uh, eye level, not low down, like in, the, in a home kitchen. But anyhow, you lift up the front, and the front is like a door or, a, like, a sliding wall that you pick up, stick all the dishes in, and stick a rack of dishes in, uh, close the door, a minute later, it's all washed, and you take your dishes out, okay? Um... It's not like a home dishwasher that has spinning nozzles and this and that. They're just, the nozzles are just there, they spritz every place, and they clean dishes. And the other kind is called a conveyor dishwasher. It also doesn't have any, the nozzles are stationary. But here, um, this one tends to be much bigger than a home dishwasher. And it's wider, should I say, than a big dishwasher. You put the dishes on a rack, and then there's a belt or a chain or a, or a piston or something that pulls the, the rack through the different sections where it gets rinsed and washed and sanitized um, so it gets pulled through as opposed to the box where you stick it in and then you pull it out this one moves from section to section um, and the front and the back the beginning and the end have these like curtains hanging down place the curtains it keeps the water and the heat inside of them okay, but both of them work the same way in that there's a lot of very strong amounts of water shooting out and that water is used again and again and just filtered in between um, uses Okay, so, um, when you kosher, the commercial dishwasher, it gets, uh, the complication is because, uh, the, the extra complication is because, uh, well, one of the complications, excuse me, one of the complications is that the, the water is being used again and again, so there's dirt and grease building up. It's not in a home dishwasher, of course, there's going to be some food left behind, but basically, you're getting fresh water again and again. Here, the same water keeps getting used. Okay, and the, the commercial dishwashers have loads of cracks and crevices, nooks and crannies where food can get stuck. I'll give a few examples. Um, the spray jets are basically these long tubes with holes poked in one side of them, um, and there's a cap on one end so that the water sh- coming through from, you know, from the, from the reservoir gets forced through the holes. Okay, if you op- pick off that cap, then you'll see that there's lots of food got stuck inside of there. I mean, food that made it through the filter, or, or somehow made it to the bottom, to the reservoir, and now got spritzed up here and got stuck here because of the holes. Um, so you can take off the cap and stick a brush in it to clean it out. Okay, the, the, the doors, uh, there's doors on the outside so you can see what's going on. You can open up if you need to. And there's a water pool. They have lips and where grease collects, especially on the underside where, it's, where you know, it doesn't get you know, cleaned so well. Um, then, of course, there's the filter I said about, that the, the filter, the water goes through, that filter, you know, it's just basically a big piece of metal with holes in it. Um, who gets up there? If you have a conveyor dishwasher, then there's a chain or a belt that pulls the, the dishes through. Okay, so these are all places where food can get stuck. And food, not it could, it does get stuck. Um, there's one other thing, which is the racks that the dishes sit on. Those are really difficult to clean. So it's pretty standard that a kosher caterer will have his own racks. 
and he'll bring them, if he's going to a non-kosher venue, he'll bring his own racks. Even if he's cashing the dishwasher, he'll bring his own racks. Or if he goes to a Pesach hotel, he'll bring his own Pesach racks and not use what they have. They're not even try to cash them. Okay, now, the good news, I, I just told you about how uh, so many places where the food can get stuck. The good news is that because it's so difficult to clean, so there's a, there's a solution. And that is that they're designed that they can basically really easily be taken apart. You could break apart all these internal components, all these things that I just mentioned. They all come apart very easily for cleaning, for exactly this reason, because they get so dirty, it's easy to cl- it makes it easy to clean. Uh, and that's what they should do. They need to be all broken apart and taken, all the pieces taken out, someplace where it's a nice, e- easy place to work, not with your head in the dishwasher, uh, and clean them all off, make them really thoroughly clean. Now, there are people who know how to use torches, and they'll use that to burn away all the, the residue, the pen. Um, if you really know what you're doing, then that's wonderful. Everybody else it really just needs a really good cleaning. Okay? Um, now, um, once it's done, once we've got it all clean, then put everything back together. Um, put everything back together uh, and run it through a hot cycle. Okay? So now, as I mentioned before, um, the equal I did is you just have to kabal kachpota, the same temperature that it was to, when it was... Uh, became tray for hummus stick. So the ikaradin is that's what you have to do. It, the the minute is to always do rice cream. So if it's possible, that's what you should do. And sometimes it can. Sometimes it's not so hard to adjust the temperature in the in the uh, dishwasher. The set point is a commercial item. This is not a home dishwasher. Sometimes it's not very difficult at all to change the set point to make sure it's it's hot at rice cream or closer to that. And of course that's that's appropriate. That's what you should do. Um, some people. We'll do lumen cow, um, and they either do that with a torch if they really know what they're doing. They do the torch. Some people I've heard have even tried using the sternos, like sort of like a hot box. Um, for that, you need to just know how many to put in. Because that's a separate you know, question. You have to have the right amount to put in. But there's such an idea that some people could do that. Uh, of course, it has to be clean beforehand. It has nothing to do with it being clean beforehand. Um, but some people have done that. Um, and lastly, is that if you have a conveyor dishwasher. Um, so it has the plastic curtains at the entrance and exit where the, where the dishes come in and out, and those can be taken off. They come off, and they need to be cleaned, of course. And then you can just put them into a plain old pot of bo- or kettle of boiling water and do a good old-fashioned uh, hagal to them, um, because uh, that's easy enough. Take them apart and do what you need to do.